On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Zell Crampton from Diggs. Man, this guy is growing an incredible company. He entered a, a space in the market that normally sells his product for about $50, and he's doing a premium product uh, for closer to $200 uh, and doing an absolutely amazing job of it. He is scaling that company like crazy. Uh, just has a lot of really, really amazing things to say. And uh, you guys are going to get a ton out of this one, um, especially if you're in uh, the situation where you want to actually charge more um, for your product and be more profitable. So uh, I hope you guys love this one. Before we begin, we wanted to let you know some really exciting news and something that we've never talked about before on the podcast. Our team at Mindful Marketing is growing, and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. Now, on to today's episode. Okay, I am here with Zell Crampton from Diggs. Welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Uh, it's great to have, have me on the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, for those of you uh, who are just listening right now, um, Zell is in like uh, absolute bliss behind him right now uh, in, in upstate New York. Just got this beautiful halo around his head. <laughs> uh, Zell, for, uh, for the listeners out there who don't know anything about you, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, so I'm a uh, engineer in supply chain kind of person by expertise, but uh, I started a company called Diggs. Uh, Idea was born in 2016. We really launched in tw- uh, kind of late 2018, so just under two years ago. Yeah. Um, and we make premium pet supplies. Uh, our, we're well known for our crate called Revel. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful, safe, uh, kind of very innovative and differentiated product on the market. We also make a few accessories that go with it uh, or any other wire crate. So we're Think of us as a, a digitally native brand that's focused on elevating uh, pet products. It seems like for people who listen to this podcast, you'll be like, oh, perfect. Jordan, you picked another perfect guest again. <laughs> a digitally native <laughs> brand? <laughs> uh, that's great, Zell. Um, so let's, let's talk about what was the need that you saw? Was this something that you thought like, oh man, you know what? I just want to create like a really high-end product like this. Or was there an actual need um, that, that you had seen in the marketplace or that you had experienced individually? Uh, this was a kind of very long and thoughtful approach to an industry uh, is the way I would summarize it. Basically, I'd been looking at the pet industry since 2011. Yeah. Uh, and this was actually the third venture I'd explored pretty in, de- in depth uh, in this yeah. industry. Um, for just for a little bit of context, the pet industry has been growing 6% a year in, uh, in the U.S. and globally, kind of un- uninterrupted through s- multiple receptions since in, like the mid-90s. The wow. source of that growth has all been about uh, the, bu- the, the buzzwords we use in the industry is pet humanization, essentially treating pets like your kids has, okay. led, to pre- okay. pre- has led to, pre- pre- uh, to product premiumization. That basically is a fancy way of saying higher price points. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you think about today, the, the pet industry in the U.S. is a $90 billion market. Uh, half of that is food. That's where all the initial innovation and change happened. Okay. Uh, you basically saw going from this old kind of crappy kibble to 
human grade food, meal plans for dogs, you know, you, you name it. Then you saw some innovation happen in the, uh, the services segment, which is about a quarter of the market. So think like doggy daycares that are fancy or doggy yeah. day spas, you know, pet vet roll up type strategies. Uh, the rest of the quarter is this supply segment, which in my opinion had been really left untouched and had not innovated in 10 years. So when I saw kind of all the, 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 the great innovation and changes that happened in other segments, like the baby products or even in trash games, like with simple human, I was like, why can't we bring amazing, high quality, beautiful products to a segment of the industry that has such, I would say, emotion tied to purchase behavior. Yeah. So another yeah, yeah, yeah. irrational kind of purchase behavior. And it just seemed like a perfect place to go. That's great. I, I have never used that term before, irrational purchase behavior. So I don't know if you know, but I mean, our listeners definitely know that I'm pretty heavily invested in the baby space. Uh, my wife and I own a, a baby clothing company. Um, and we see that all the time. That, that is exactly what it is, is irrational behavior. I, I've got a question for you that just kind of came up in my mind. Do you, um, are you looking at the baby industry um, as a bit of a forerunner um, for, for, your, for your products? We view pets, uh, you know, I view pets as the next baby is the, yeah. best, the way to put it. Yeah. You know, uh, as someone from the industry, I'm sure you could teach me a lot, but from what I've seen, um, Fisher Price, for example, in the supply segment was a big player in strollers and stuff like that. And then all, along came Nuna and Four Moms and Up a Baby. Yeah. And like they just yeah, you know, yeah. kind of- All, the hip, market all hipster brands. All hipster brands, but they charge, yeah. you know, a lot more for a quality, beautiful kind of status symbol product. Yeah. We said, hey, why can't we do what baby's doing by creating these beautiful products, really thoughtful design, you know, really tapping into that emotion as a parent. Totally. Same thing with pets. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people are making that decision, right? To, to not have kids and to have pets instead. Correct. That's a huge driver of uh, a lot of the growth recently. And then add to that the COVID situation where people are at home and can actually feel like they can take care of a dog. We've seen a huge acceleration of that. And so there's, it's going to be, I think that trend's accelerating for us. Cool, cool. Zell, let's let's talk about when when you really knew that this was going to take off and this is going to be uh, a, a great brand. I mean, I know it's been, it's only been two years, but what what was that moment that you're like, oh, sweet, we got something? Because this this was your third, you know, foray into into what you were doing. What made this one different, and and what was that transition, or or was it just gradual? Um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, uh, we had a few sort of proof points, right? Um, throughout this, right? It was initially, when we first came up with the concept and, and actually put it on Kickstarter, um, there was a oh, okay. lot of interest. And we yeah. launched with just, you know, one, for a little bit of context on crates, usually you have five to six sizes for all the different kind of dogs. Okay. We launched with one crate and, you know, did well and got a lot of great feedback. Uh, so that was initial proof point. But then when we launched and, you know, at first it was slow sales. Like we didn't know that we didn't have the marketing down right. We didn't have the product down right. There's still like quality problems. Yeah. But Within six months, we got all the feedback, updated that stuff. And then within about nine months, we started to see sales really kind of accelerate. And then when we launched our medium size a year later, so a year ago from now, sales like almost tripled from that. Okay. I don't know the, I don't know the dog or sorry, the, the, the pet industry that well is medium to me would make sense that that's where the majority of the dogs are. Is that correct or? or? No, in the, actually larger dogs are created, created at a higher rate than smaller dogs. So oh, for okay. us, you know, think of it like you've got like a big, you know, German shepherd and you're concerned about damage to your home. Yeah. Uh, you might need a dog crate that for a German shepherd more than you would for a chihuahua. I'm exaggerating, but that's sort of it, right? 
Yeah. Uh, there has been a trend to smaller dogs overall, which is, you know, we started with the small crate because of smaller dog yeah. trends, plus the, the risks are just lower in the small space. Yeah. Uh, costs are lower. Um, but no, I think we think that we've only tapped 30 to 40% of the market that's addressable just with sizes, Never mind, uh, kind of like other products. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, let's talk challenges. We were talking a little bit about, about this before we actually started recording. What were some of those big challenges that you came upon, um, as you were starting this brand? Uh, we had a, in a lot of challenges, to be honest. Um, I mean, for one thing, when we were first trying to raise money, because by the way, our products are very expensive to make and manufacture. Think mm. like hundreds of thousands of dollars in tooling. We had to raise money to do that. Yeah. Minimum. I, I imagine MOQs are, are huge for that as well. Uh, we found a manufacturer, you know, fast forward in my story, but yes, no, we actually found a manufacturer where MOQs are reasonable, but you, yeah, when you start even a, a simple production run, you know, at the cost that these products, you know, cost us, you still need a lot of inventory, like a lot of val uh, working capital to fund the inventory. Totally. Um, but uh, no, the, the, the thing for us was number one, how do you convince a bunch of people that charging, you know, five, four to five times more than a standard dog crate is going to like resonate with people, right? It's, it was such a kind of an unusual idea, particularly to people who've come from the pet industry. They're like, wait a second, you want to, you know, you can get an Amazon basics crate for 50 bucks and you want to charge 250 bucks. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, mm, not sure. Right. So that was challenge one was, you know, convincing people that made sense. Um, and then challenge two was once I convinced a few enough people that, that that did make sense, how do you find people to design and manufacture such a complicated safety product when I myself can't do it? I'm just, you know, business kind of business person. Maybe I do have some engineering background and I could speak, you know, speak to some of this stuff, but I definitely can't walk the walk, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So so you'd say manufacturing was that was that big issue there what what kind of brought you through that and and how did you overcome um d dealing with that i imagine that was was that years of trying to get this thing going it was it was two years to get off the ground absolutely i mean so the idea was born in 2016 and then first i had to find like who's going to like design this thing like this concept for me right so we actually went did a, an rfp to like I think like 50 design firms across the country wow. to see like who's interested in working with us. Uh, we ended up finding this firm in, in Boston called 11 that did uh, phenomenal work for us. Uh, we continue to work with them. They're great people. Cool. Uh, and um, you know, they helped us kind of get this off the ground with supporting our research, supporting our design. And then uh, once that was done, it was the manufacturing that was the hardest. We wanted this to be kind of made in the USA. Uh, and then we, we couldn't find a manufacturer in the U S to help us because uh, the, co the companies that were sophisticated enough to work with us had no interest in working with some entrepreneur with an idea. Yeah. And then the ones that like were excited to work with us were way too small and unsophisticated. Mm. We tried Canada, we tried the uh, Mexico, largely the same problems ended up going to China because, uh, that's where we could find the quality, the, the right MOQs, the, you know, the price point as, but most importantly, the sophistication. A quick aside, how do you ship those over? Because I can imagine that takes up, if, if you're shipping it like, like the size that it is, that must take up a massive amount of uh, shipping containers. It is, yeah. I mean, and we ship it fully packaged, ready to go to the consumer. Oh, you so do? We, okay. Yeah, we, we move a lot of containers. There's no question. Uh, we're, we're, we're actually working on a project to think about breaking up the supply chain, maybe doing like assembly and packaging in the US just to kind of reduce the inbound costs because they've doubled since the COVID crisis started. Yeah. 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 We've definitely noticed that with us and with, uh, yeah, with clients and stuff. It's crazy. Um, 
this is uh, this is great. I am absolutely loving this conversation. Let's let's move on over to marketing now. Uh, we we love to talk about marketing on this podcast. What's working for you guys right now? Um, you know, we've tried a lot of different things. We've been very successful, I would say, in a few areas. One, uh, we actually done, have done reasonably well in you know performance marketing on various channels. I mean, I'm sure that's not that interesting to your listeners, though. I think we've found a lot of success in email, most recently SMS as well. I love SMS. Anybody who listens to this knows I'm like, I'm an SMS junkie right now. Like if you are not on SMS, just listen, listen, I want to hear. (laughs) Hey guys, just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply to start the process today. Now, back to today's episode. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll start by saying before SMS started, I was extremely kind of anti I was like, so was I, so was I Zell. I was like, nobody wants to hear from a brand on SMS. (laughs) Exactly what I said. I said, if I got a text from a brand saying you want to buy a 200 or $300 dog crate, I'd be like, unsubscribe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Two to stop. Um, But uh, I said, look, I'll, I'll, you know, my head of marketing and my, our, our agency at the time was like, you know, trust me, try it out. You know, I was like, okay, let's see the data. Two months. I'll give you, you know, sure enough. Um, the return was very strong. Um, you know, I think the platform, we, we, we've actually changed platforms. Uh, we were originally with Attentive. We're now using Klaviyo, uh, for SMS. Oh, okay. So you're using Klaviyo's like fully integrated SMS system. We are, we just moved over, um, for a number of reasons, including it just, you know, the, the capabilities are almost as good at this point. And we just found it's much more interesting to integrate with email in a more seamless way. Totally. And they just lowered their their prices a little bit too, I think, eh? They're much lower. Yeah, Attentive is very expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I know that that was the problem when Klaviyo came out with their beta. Um, We we always get every sort of beta from all all of these companies. And um, when Klaviyo came out with their beta, they were seven cents an SMS to send out. I was like, "Who's, who's going to do this for seven cents, send out a broadcast? to their list for seven cents. So I, I've, I've heard that they've gotten a lot cheaper. Unfortunately, I've invested heavily in PostScript. Um, yeah, they, they have, co- I mean, it was a big cost savings. That was actually one of the drivers. We found Attendip was outrageously expensive and it was like half the cost or less to go to Clavio. Uh, plus you got the integration, um, you know, so you can see everything on one platform, compare truly like how it's SMS versus email performing, that kind of thing. Totally, totally. And so for, for our listeners out there, for those of you who don't know um, how Klaviyo's SMS system works, it's really, really cool because you can just plug SMS messages into all of these flows that you have, right? So all these automations that you have, you can include SMS as a part of that, or say they don't open this email, you can then send them an SMS to remind them or, or whatever. Um, it's, it is really incredible. It's something that I, I, really do want to see work. So uh, we're, we're gonna have to keep in touch about that. I wanna know uh, sort of how, how that works. Yeah, I mean, early results are promising. We're still doing all the, you know, kind of initial, let's just get this off the ground because we did the transition. But then the, 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 the whole view is like, how do you touch the customer at, in the channel they want? 
and at different points in the funnel in the okay. right way, right? Like to teach something about the brand, you know, it might be better by email, but as a reminder, like you said, or a cart leftover, SMS might be more effective. And so we're testing different things. Yeah, totally. Um, how did you find migrating uh, your list over? Very easy. I think we did it. We basically got a download from Attentive um, and then we just uploaded to Clavio. I think, I think we did it. The, the migration initially, I think it only took us like half a day. Oh, okay. Oh, that's amazing. Well, that's, that's great for brands to know. Um, Postscript, don't worry. I'm not leaving you yet, okay? <laughs> but I might. <laughs> uh, Del, let's, uh, let's talk. I got to ask you the question I ask everybody uh, on this podcast. What is your secret to scaling? Um, number one, uh, address a large market. Uh, I think that's the first thing, right? If you're going to go after some, you know, market that's a hundred million dollars, like, or less, like it's always going to be, you're going to have limits to what you can scale, right? Yeah. You can only you take just, so much of that small market. Right. So we started, in, I started top down with, you know, a $16 billion market in the U S that's also seeing the same thing globally. Yeah. So I think number one, you know, target a big market. Uh, number two, you know, you, at the end of the day, I think marketing is all, is is phenomenal and most important in some ways, but sorry, it's extremely important in some ways. But at the end of the day, if your product sucks, you're going to struggle to scale. You need yeah. a great product, you know, and it's got to, you got to be able to tell the story of why your product is better. Right. Uh, I believe strongly that content and creative is like what drives the conversation with customers and the engagement. So we're investing heavily right now in, in like creative assets, left, right, and center to really get mm. people excited and engaged in a way they were never before. So number one, Market number two, product three, storytelling. Zell, you are like, you are on the same page as me right now. <laughs> Good. <laughs> this is great. Zell is actually going to be the new host of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. And, uh, <laughs> or when I go on vacation. <laughs> uh, that's great, man. I, I have appreciated this conversation so much. We're going to move on to our lightning round here. Um, sure. Actually, you know, b before that, is there anything else, any other sort of like, wisdom that you have uh from over the last couple of years that you think that our listeners would really appreciate keep at it um honestly every every two months i think we're we're down down and uh you know everything looks terrible and then immediately you have a big win and then you, you're the business has a step change so i think honestly resiliency is the most important thing just keep at it yeah totally after being at it uh, going at it for a long time um with our businesses i can tell you there are moments where you're like oh my gosh, we're at a different level now. And before, right. you know, you, it was like these huge cash flow crunches and you'll always hit cash flow crunches, people. It doesn't matter how, how big you are. Like at our clothing company, we're getting, we're getting, I'm, I'm hoping we're going to be eight figures next year. And, and uh, yeah, thanks. And I'll, I'll tell you, the cash flow continues to at points because you just have to continue to invest in inventory. It, it doesn't necessarily get easier. <laughs> No, <laughs> the numbers just get bigger. <laughs> yeah, your tax bill gets a lot bigger. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're seeing the same thing. I mean, inventory for us is just, we, we're constantly finding ways to finance inventory. Yeah, totally. I, I had a chat with my, uh, with my CFO this week and he was saying that uh, one of the smart things to do once you start to get to, to this sort of size is just take as much credit as you can. Whatever credit you can get, and this is not a financial podcast by any means, but for you e-commerce store owners out there, take whatever credit you can. We're, um, we're ClearBank partners, love ClearBank. Take, take ClearBank money. It doesn't do anything to your credit. Nobody knows that you've taken it, no other banks. Take whatever sort of money you can get, as long as it's reasonable, um, because it's, uh, it really can help you scale. 
Yeah, personally, I found ClearBank to be expensive. We've taken, we just took on three quarters of a million uh, between a revolver and a, and a, and a term loan. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I fully agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm with you. ClearBank is, is some of the more expensive money. It's just, it's the, the nice thing about it is that it doesn't show, right? Um, if, and especially that I would recommend using it if you are spending a substantial amount on performance marketing. That's, that's where it makes And getting the right returns. And yes, and getting the right returns. You see, Zell and I are going to co-host this podcast now. Sean, <laughs> Sean, my, my, my other partner that we do the once a week one with. Sean, move over, man. <laughs> uh, this is great. Well, I'm going to move on to our lightning round here. What is your favorite tool or app that you're using right now? I just, I just launched a new tool that I'm excited about called Lifetimely. It's a Shopify oh. app to help cal- uh, calculate uh, lifetime value in real time. Oh, That's been so show manual. Notes. Show notes. Yeah, that's been such a pain for me uh, to do that manually all the time. And like, you could do it by cohort, by month. You could like do it by gross margin adjusted. It's like, it's very nice. Lifetimely. Okay, amazing. What, what's the cost on that? I mean, it doesn't really matter because that's that information is like invaluable for for brands. Yeah, 50 bucks a month. It's honestly not that bad. I, can I give another one? I just have two tools I really like. Yes, right yes, you may, Zell. You've brought enough value. You can give me two tools. <laughs> the other one, which I like maybe even more, but it's a lot more expensive, is called Elevar or Elever. I don't know how they pronounce it. E-L-E-V-A-R. Okay. Um, it's basically a combined service plus tool. It's enhanced uh, Google tagging and, and tagging on your website. So you can basically monitor any event you want. Um, and they'll, and they basically will run all the analytics. It's basically a, su- a turbocharged CRO program. Oh, cool. Uh, cool. Yeah. It's really cool. That's great. That's, that might be a really good step for those of you who are sort of in the middle of like, Hey, you can't afford to spend money on a CRO agency. Um, and, and might be that step sort of b- before that. Yeah. It's, you know, they're, we're using their premium plan, which is with the kind of their base tool is not that expensive. I, don't quote me. It's like a hundred bucks, but we're using their premium one, which is 600 bucks a month, but you get like an analyst to run this for you oh, and wow. through the insight. So you're getting like a report every month. Here's the test we want to run. Here's the result of the AB test you did before, stuff like that. And they'll run the tests for you. Correct. Well, they'll, oh my gosh. They'll, or they'll tell, sorry, my, I might be misspeaking. My head of marketing would know better, but I think they're running it for us or at least telling us exactly what tests to run. Amazing. Wow. The CRO agency that we work with at our clothing company is a lot more expensive than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I love them. Um, that's great. Two great apps. Oh man, we'll definitely, uh, Abby, make sure you put those in the show notes. That's great. Uh, Zell, favorite podcast that you're listening to right now? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think uh, nothing new or exciting, honestly. How I built this is still my favorite, but uh, you know, nothing. Have, have you listened? Have you listened to this podcast much at all? Our, ours? I can't say that I have. I'm sorry, okay. but I will. No, know. no, no. That's that's okay. It's it's actually great that you haven't because I would say I should actually get the exact number, but I bet it's in the 95 percent range. Say how I built this is their favorite podcast. So when you say that, it just it warms my heart. Okay, good. <laughs> so at least I'm not totally out of line. <laughs> No, no, it actually more, more shows me uh, the, the demographic that we, that we interview and the people who listen to us um, really are interested in hearing founder stories and that they really do make a difference. Like they're, they're very inspiring uh, in my mind. Um, it, yeah. Expiring, but also they remind you that a lot of the, the issues you go through are just, you know, that's what everyone goes through. Totally. And then there's just scale after that. Correct. Yeah. Uh, my third question, a founder that you look up to. Uh, actually, my co-founder, Isaac, he's the CEO and uh, founder of Open Farm. 
which is uh, a really successful food business. He's just, you know, if I can think of anyone who's just so razor sharp and has approached something so methodically and just nailed it, like kind of market product market fit. Yeah. His business is phenomenally uh, explosive and his wife built a business called Canada Pooch also like did a huge private equity deal. Like they're just, they're, they're quite this power couple. Cool. Cool. That's great. And are they Canadian? They are based in Toronto. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. I love hearing good Canadian success stories. So yeah, they're definitely a Canadian success story. <laughs> That's great. Zell, uh, where can people find out more about you? Go to our website, digs, D I G G S dot pet. Uh, you can find us there. You can find us on Amazon, on Chewy, all, all over the board. Awesome. Awesome. Really, really appreciate your time. And uh, I think people are going to get a ton out of this. Oh, great. Glad to hear it. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.